Good evening. Good evening. And welcome to Tuesday Night Live, the midweek Bible study for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. I pray that each of you are blessed and encouraged on tonight, and I pray that God's favor is upon you and your family as this broadcast reaches you on tonight. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, for this time, for this season. And Lord, we ask that you touch and bless us, anoint us ever the more, even through your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And God bless you. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord tonight. Our word is found in Psalm, in the book of Psalms. We're going to specifically look at Psalm 27, and we're going to look at the first five verses of Psalm 27. Again, that is Psalm 27, and we'll be looking at verses one through five. And the word of the Lord there says in Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And the word of the Lord is blessed. And I pray that you're encouraged even by the word of God on tonight, which encourages us and tells us that we have no reason, no purpose for which we should fear. Fear often cripples us. It often keeps us behind the pathway of our destiny or causes us to remove ourselves from the pathway that God has designed for us that leads to our purpose. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It is not God's, it is not God's purpose or his desire that we should live in fear. In fact, the writer here is saying, I have a reason why I should not fear. That's what David is saying. He's saying there is it's not only do I not fear, but there is a reason I do not fear. And why do I not fear? It's because the Lord is my light and my salvation. He's saying that because I have God's direction and I have God's protection, that there is no reason for me to fear. Let me say that again, because I have God's direction, his light, which gives me direction, which gives me purpose. And because I have his protection, his safety, his salvation, there is no reason for me to fear. Also, because when I feel myself being weak, I know that God is the strength of my life. I'm not solely relying upon my own strength, but I'm relying upon God's strength. Writer later says, when I'm weak, then I am strong through him. It's a recognition of the fact that the true strength I have is the ability for me to access the light, which is within me, access the power of God that is working through me. Because without that power, many of us feel helpless. We feel destitute. We feel like giving up. Let's just be honest. All of us at some point, we have felt like giving up. 
And if you never felt that before, I'm certain this this virus and this pandemic has pushed you beyond your normal points and your, uh, beyond your feelings of competency. It's pushed you beyond what you thought you could deal with. It's put so much pressure on many of us in our lives, in our Christian walks, on our jobs. So many are feeling the pressure that has been caused by this pandemic, by the fear from the pandemic, the uncertainty, uh, the unprecedented nature of the situation, of how things have been so different, how people are different, how people behave different. The, the even the even even the the culture in our country has changed so much, and so many things have been brought to light and have been exposed. Uh, some ugly things that we would have rather not felt that we were still there about us. Some things that we thought maybe we had gotten rid of, or some things that we'd overcome. Where some of those things became exposed during the course of this pandemic, and certainly people have been pushed beyond their normal levels and to a point into a brink where many have thought about quitting. I know that everybody has had that moment in their life where they just got like Elijah, that Elisha was uh, sitting there under the tree and he said, Lord, you can, if you just take my life, he said, I, I feel like I'm by myself. I feel like I don't have any help or support. And he was asking God to just kind of take him out of there. And many of us have felt that during the course of this pandemic. But I came to tell you that God did not give us a spirit of fear and the same reasons why the writer here doesn't fear are the same reasons why we shouldn't fear. Because despite what we're facing and what we're dealing with, God is yet our direction and God should yet be our protection. And we should rely upon his direction, his protection and also his strength. When our strength is not enough, when we've done all that we can, the, the, the songwriter said after we, you've done all you can, just stand. And when he's saying stand, he's not saying stand upon your own strength, but he's saying stand, understanding that God is with you. I'm standing with the knowledge that I'm not by myself, but that God, he is with me. And when God he says God is my salvation, sometimes it's not just saving me from other people, but sometimes God has to save us from ourselves. I often say it, and I mean it, there is a way, as the Bible says, that it seems right unto man. The ends whereof are the ways of death. Many things in our own ruminations of our own mind that we think would be worthy and things that we think would work out, but they fail. And we falter because we rely upon the frailty of our own human mind and understanding. And often when we do so, we fall short. Often when we do so, we embarrass ourselves. And sometimes even in doing so, we are an encumbrance to other people getting closer to God. Sometimes we have to remove ourselves out of the way and trust that God will do it his way and allow God to be our salvation, not just from other people, but sometimes God has to save us from ourselves. What are ways he has to save us? Not only from plans that we have that go astray, but sometimes God has to save us from our own perception of ourselves. God has to save us about what we think, not about other people. But sometimes God needs to let me make it personal. Sometimes God needs to save me from what I think about me. 
And if we have a few honest people out there, we know that sometimes that's the salvation that we need from God. When we say the Lord is my light and my salvation, it's easy for us to put that in the context of the devil and think that God is saving us from what the devil might do in our lives. But many times we fail to recognize that it's not just saving us from the devil it's saving us from other people. But sometimes God has to use his strength and his power and his might so that he can save us from ourselves. Because without God saving us from ourselves, there would be times that we would be lost. Times that we would have so much depression and anxiety, be tied up in our own way of thinking that we might miss the mark. Times that we feel ourselves so inadequate that we would not even venture out to do what God would ask us to do and what God would have us to do. Sometimes those feelings of inadequacy have us frozen frozen in the moment when God is wanting us to leap, when he's wanting us to jump, when he's wanting us to step out in faith. But rather, we're frozen by our own human frailty. But even in those moments where we would do more harm to ourselves by not taking a step, when we do more harm to ourselves by not moving and not trusting God and not venturing out, sometimes it's in those moments that's where God saves us. He pushes us on out into the deep. He encourages us like Peter to step outside the boat and to walk out on the water to him. Sometimes the salvation that we see, it's easy to put it in the context of God saving us from other people. But sometimes we fail to recognize the context in which God is often saving us from our own selves, from our own mistakes, from our own faulty ways of thinking. Lord, please continue to deliver us from evil even when you have to deliver us from ourselves. So this is our light. He's our direction. He's our salvation. He's our protection. And he is our strength. That means God takes on the power. He gives us a framework in which if we stand in him, let's be clear, we cannot stand on our own. We cannot stand alone. We cannot venture out by ourselves without God's direction and without his purpose. But standing inside God's purpose gives us protection and not only protection, but gives us strength to withstand the devil, strength to withstand those who would work against us, strength to withstand even the things that would come against us internally, strength to withstand bouts of having little faith, strength to, to withstand moments in which we doubt ourselves. Strength to withstand even sometimes our lack of patience because it, we, we have faith to a certain degree or to a certain point. But often if things do not occur on our own timetable, then we're ready to give up. We're ready to let go. We're ready to stop persevering. We're ready to say that it just must not be meant for me. It must not be meant to happen. And God, in those moments, he gives us strength. And I've said before that the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But notice when he's saying in that text, he says he's giving those that wait, he will renew their strength. He didn't say he will give them what they asked for. He didn't say he will immediately deliver what they desire. He didn't immediately say that he would manifest that which they had been waiting for. But rather, he said he would renew their strength. 
And you know what? Sometimes God renews our strength for a purpose that we're not, we may not be excited about. God renews our strength so we'll have more strength to wait. Sometimes it's, it's, not, it's not our time. It's not manifestation time. It's not a time to go to another level. It's not our time to go to another dimension. But it may simply be God putting us in a place where we're waiting on what he desires to deliver us. And sometimes the reason more than often, more than likely, the reason that we're waiting is because we and ourselves are not prepared for what God is trying to do in our lives. So while we're waiting, God has promised many times in the scripture and in the word not to deliver what we want on our own timetable, but simply to be with us, to stand with us and to give us the strength, even if that strength is for the purpose of helping us to wait a little longer on what God desires to do in our lives. But instead of us being concerned about when it happens, we ought to be more celebratory and grateful to God and thankful that even in my time of waiting, when I'm beginning to lose patience, that God comes forward and gives me the strength that I need to persevere. God will give me the strength that I need to make it. Even when things don't happen on my own time, even when things don't aren't manifested to me when I expect it, I can understand that I can live inside the moment while I'm still waiting. And see, the problem is many of us, and we're all guilty, we're waiting to live after we receive what God promised. And let me say it this way. We're, 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 it's as if we're not truly experiencing the fullness of life where we are. But we are waiting for a manifestation of what we are anticipating God doing in our lives. And we're waiting on that moment to truly have joy. We're waiting on that moment to truly live. And it's as if we're just existing until that moment. But what I need you to understand is life is filled with these moments of waiting to go to the next place in God. You are living life while you are in this holding pattern to receive what God desires to do next in your life. And often you're going to spend more time waiting than walking in the manifestation of that which God has promised. So as a result of that, what I'm telling you is you need to live and appreciate that moment. If you think about how we celebrate holidays, particularly the, the holiday of Christmas, something that I learned much later in life, I was I was so much I was at least a teenager when I figured it out, is that all of the and all of the things leading up to Christmas, and we love Christmas, and it's a beautiful holiday, and a lot for most people it's their favorite holiday. But most of Christmas, if you think about it, is not the receiving of gifts. But it's the anticipation leading up to that moment. It's the anticipation of Christmas. It's the it's the holiday songs. It's the it's the Hallmark movies. It's the uh, nonstop carols and the special Christmas stations that you see happening uh, that are going over the airwaves and all. And it's the uh, peppermint lattes and all of the all of the other things, the accoutrements that lead up to Christmas for those who are just expecting gifts and looking at Christmas from the carnal side, not in the celebration of Christ's birth, but more in the anticipation of the, celebrating the holiday with gifts and trimmings and Christmas trees and decorations and, and songs. 
All of those accoutrements are leading up and are part of the anticipation of the big day where you receive and exchange gifts. So what I'm saying is we spend much more time anticipating the day than we do spend celebrating the day. Many celebrate 12 days of Christmas. Many people start celebrating Christmas right after Thanksgiving. And I know a lot of the big box stores, they start selling, they start selling Christmas almost, they put Christmas ornaments and things up almost immediately after Halloween. It's like people celebrate Christmas with different lengths and a different amount of time that people celebrate it. But what I'm saying is all of those celebrations are leading up to one day. So we spend much more time celebrating that holiday in moments of anticipation, rather in the moment where we receive and we give our gifts. The same is with life. So even during that moment of anticipation, you're enjoying the the holidays, you're enjoying the accoutrements, you're enjoying the songs, you're enjoying the food. All of that becomes part of your process because people have learned to enjoy Christmas for more than one day but they enjoy it for all of the days leading up to the actual day. And what I'm telling you, that's a, there's a life lesson in that, that in how we live, we shouldn't wait to celebrate for the one day when we receive that, which we are expecting the, the job promotion, the, the money that you're expecting to come, whether uh, getting married or having a spouse or having children or, or having a certain job or being on a certain level of income or having a certain investment portfolio. And if you're waiting to celebrate once you get it, you're missing out on life. You have to learn to celebrate in between the moments. Learn to live life in between the moments. Learn to celebrate and trust God in between the moments. Learn to have faith and and have joy and praise God in between these moments. Because if you're simply waiting for the moment, you'll be disappointed. And if you notice, even like Christmas, Sometimes you're waiting with anticipation for the gift. You get the gift. And after you've had it for a while, you recognize, well, it's nice. But the anticipation is often more than the than the receipt, the receipt of the gift. You have anticipated it for so long and you are expecting it for so long that you realize that those moments of anticipation and expectation were even greater than the moment when you received the gift. And that's how we have to learn to live, to praise God with, with expectation and, and, and celebrate him even before the thing that we have been promised has been manifested. And so we celebrate in between the moments. We celebrate in between the impartation and the manifestation. We, we celebrate in between when God tells us and when God delivers it. And we live life in between. And I'm encouraging somebody right now to trust God in between. To live life in between, to have faith in between, to have joy in between, to give God praise and to give God honor and to give God glory in between. Don't be concerned. Whatever God has promised you, don't don't rely on my word, rely on his. God's word never fails. My word will fail, but God's word never fails. So trust him that he's going to deliver on what he has promised. But in between him telling you and you receiving it, you need to learn to live, to pray, to trust, and to expect and celebrate God 
while you're in between what he has told you and when you receiving exactly that which he has promised. Don't allow your light to go out. Don't allow the devil to discourage you because that's when he attacks you most. He attacks you most in between God telling you what he's going to do and it actually manifesting in your life. Because I want to encourage somebody, you may literally be on the cusp of of God manifesting himself in your life and the devil can convince you to give up right before you reach your moment. Trust him between the moments. Praise him between the moments. Believe him between these moments and know that whatever he's promised, God will 100% deliver on what he has said. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the moments. And Lord, tonight even more, we pray we're celebrating the moments in between. We're celebrating life in between the moments. Lord, we're praying for strength in between the moments. We're praying that we exhibit more faith and trust in you in between that which you have told us and and us receiving that which you have spoken over our lives. Let us learn to live with faith and let us learn to live life to its fullest. Even when our ship has not come in, even when our, our dream job has not yet happened, even when we haven't walked into the marriage of our, the love of our lives, or if we haven't yet had those children that we desire and built the home that we desire. Help us to appreciate each moment, each breath in between. And in it all, Lord, help us that we might have faith and help us to praise you in everything. For the word has instructed us in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. And we pray all these things in our son Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you and God keep you. I pray God's blessings upon your life and upon your family. I pray that you are living with strength and encouragement in this moment. And I pray that in between your moments, when you leave this broadcast tonight, I pray that you will take that to your heart. In between God's manifestation, his declaration, and between his declaration and his manifestation, in between what he said and him delivering upon what he said, that you live life in between, that you trust God in between, and that you praise God in between. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.